0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no no sack, no, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them so they went off and preached repentance the twelve drove out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ The Gospel that we have today is about the disciples being sent to continue the mission that Christ began in them on their own. Before this particular commissioning of the Twelve, the Twelve were just following Jesus. They were just accompanying Jesus. They were They were just there surrounding Jesus, learning from Him, listening from Him. But now that there is an urgency to to spread the good news, Jesus decided, well, guys, you're prepared already. You have been with me for quite some time. You heard my teaching. You heard and you also saw what I've done already, I think you're ready to be on your own and be bold in the proclamation of the kingdom of God. The commissioning of the disciples to proclaim the, to, to proclaim the gospel is really a second call for them. The first call was when Jesus called them individually and be with Him. That's the first step, a call to discipleship. The second step is what we heard in the gospel. Now they are ready to be sent. They are ready to be apostles. You know, i mentioned to you before, several Sundays ago, that the ultimate goal of, of our own baptism is not just to be made disciples not just to follow but rather the ultimate goal of our baptismal commitment is eventually we reach that point that we are ready to be sent that we are ready to proclaim the gospel not just following christ not just behind christ but rather we can be on our own bold sure joyful in advancing the kingdom of God with him because we have stayed long already, enough already to actually be convinced and say, I can do this because I've learned this from the best. Let's dissect a little bit what happened here in the commissioning. We were told that Jesus summoned the twelve to be sent is in reality an initiative from god though at times we may feel that we're ready but ultimately the call to be sent the call to participate in his mission is god's initiative you know we don't just present ourselves there and say okay lord send me sometimes we think that we can do it you know but ultimately even our desire to present ourselves before him to collaborate in the building up of his kingdom is in itself an initiative from him because he implants that grace in our hearts to tell him lord here i am ready to do your will but it is god's initiative which tells us then that if we are convinced that it's an initiative from God, then there's nothing to fear (laughs) because the one who calls us will also gonna supply us with the things that we need in order for us to be successful in the mission. The disciples were already being prepared by Christ by telling them in a very bold way, I'm the one who's calling you so that is why he continues to remind them according to to the evangelist mark in the gospel today he began to send them out two by two they could have actually covered more places if they were sent on their own right you know that's 12 apostles meaning 12 places but if they were sent two by two it's just six places it's like Okay, Jesus, you're not too confident that you trained these guys. What's going on in here? Why two by two? You know there is a very important message in here, the the importance of community. The two by two, because they have to testify and witness first to each other before they can actually testify and witness to the people that they are called to serve. They were sent two by two so that they can call out each other and say, I think you're doing this wrong. I think you're you're not doing this according to to the template of the mission that Christ gave us. Or also, not just to call out each other in times of difficulties— and challenges but also to be there as a support to one another as an encouragement to each other and say hey that was great what you did a few moments ago you're really doing well on this you see it tells us the need for community that our path to eternal life is not a soul of light, but rather we should always be inspired by the testimonies and the discipleship of the people around us. And your discipleship too is not just something that you, that you, that you have for yourself, but rather people too can be enriched or can be discouraged by your own discipleship. Sending them two by two. The need for community. You know, why is it that we come to church? You can pray to God in the privacy of your rooms. You don't have to worry about, you know, so many things. You don't have to worry about, it's like, oh, somebody's in my pew. You you don't have to worry about, it's like, oh, there's no space in the parking lot. Oh, somebody is singing out of tune. Oh, somebody is responding too loud. You're right. So many inconveniences. I don't have to hear Father. So boring. No, but because we have been called to minister to one another because your unique discipleship is yours alone. And the uniqueness of your witness enriches my, weakness, my own witness as well and my own call. And then we were told that they gave, he gave them authority over unclean spirits. This is really interesting. You know, the word that was used by Mark in the original language where Mark wrote in Greek, the word for authority is exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. And exousia literally means coming from one own being, from the being, from the essence of the person. So So when Mark says he gave them authority, it's practically saying that Jesus was giving something to them that is part of who he is from his own essence, from his own being. Meaning, if that is coming from Christ himself, even though I feel inadequate, I feel empowered. Because I am not just going to be reliant on my own, on my own capacities. I will not just going to be reliant on the things that i can do i would not just be i would not be discouraged by my own weaknesses but rather, but because god but because jesus has given me his power has exousia that comes not just from the outside but from christ himself then i can do this Reminding them, in another word, God does not call the equip. He equips the one He calls. We have two sisters here from, I don't want to put you on the spot, sisters. You know, but probably you can really relate to this, right? You know, they are sent two by two for mission. And uh, and all of this probably resonates to, to your call, I could see you smiling and kind of looking at each other at the beginning of my homily. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick. It's like, you know, honestly, if I were one of the 12, this would be too difficult for me. Sometimes an overnight trip for me, I need a luggage. Like a big luggage, just to be sure. You know, an overnight trip for me, and it's like, oh, just in case, I might need this. Just, and as and so a Filipino, we have to have food. You just never know what's going to happen along the journey. You know, it's like, oh, just, just in case. They were told, he instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick. No food, no sack, no money in their belts. You know, that's radically bold. That's radically bold. What Jesus was telling his disciples was, I don't want you to be distracted with the things that you bring to the mission to the point that you forget the mission already. I don't want you to be too reliant on yourself to be secured, to find your security in these things, but rather I want you to find your ultimate security on me and on what I've taught you so far. Two years ago, you know, when I celebrated my 10th year anniversary as a priest, one of my biggest checklists was to, to at least do the part of the Camino de Santiago. You know, the Camino, as we know, is one of the famous Christian pilgrimages um, that, that we have. It's a 500-mile um, walk, literally walk, depending on where you want to start, uh, crossing to Spain. And uh, I, I was with two... Uh, priest friends of mine, and since we we don't have a month to walk, because normally to cover 500 miles, you need to walk at least, you know, for 30 days. But we have only a week, so we decided let's just do, let's just do the, you know, the first leg, which is from, you know, from the French side in St. Jean-Pierre de Port, crossing the Pyrenees to uh to the to the galician region of spain and i I really prepared myself you know i terrain a little bit i i walk for several months you know several times a week and i've been reading blogs about what to bring how heavy should be your backpack and all of those things what to bring and what not to bring but it was just my first you know and i was just like oh my i was i heard about accidents along the way, because it's not a very easy, you know, crossing the Pyrenees from France to Spain. So, they said, you should just have like 10% of your body weight in your backpack. I said, I weigh it. It's like, oh, this is really, this is really uh, light. I could probably put more. And I have like, at 30%. And uh, I said, this is just ridiculous. You know, I might need it, so I've been putting things on my backpack, like most of them food, actually. <laughs> Terrible. Most of them food. And, uh, and just in case, you know, power bars and all of those things. To tell you the truth, like 30 minutes in my first walk, I could hardly continue walking and I had to take out things and give it away to people along my way because my backpack was so heavy. Initially, it was okay. I thought I could make it, but you know, and it's supposed to be a spiritual journey. You know, you pray, you know, and there are people walking with you and and all of that. But I was so distracted by my back. I was worried. It's like, oh, wow, what if I get an, uh, you know, be an accident in here and all of those things. So I I stopped at a certain place, and the two guys who were walking with me said, you're walking too slow. We're going to go ahead. And I said, okay, guys, you go ahead. And I stopped, and I just discerned, and said what are the things that I really need in here more than half of what I brought with me I put them I threw them away well not threw them away I gave it away you know along the way there are places where you can actually uh, you, you, you can actually live stuff because it's just too heavy and uh, when I did that, that's the time when I was able really to pray. That's the time that, was, that I was able to truly contemplate and enjoy my walk. I was so distracted with the things that I brought with me. You know, in our journey, in our journey to eternal life, to discipleship, we bring with us so many things bringing with us so many things that we think that it's going to help us in our journey, but are actually useless lumber in the end. No wonder Jesus is telling telling His disciples, let your journey be light so that you can truly concentrate on the mission, you can concentrate on the things around you. I was not, you know, I was not really enjoying it because I was just like, oh, wow. This is, why did I even do this after 30 minutes? One more, one more story to end this. One time I flew back to the Philippines and uh, it was like after the holiday. And uh, of course, internationally, you can have two, 20, 250-pound to, to luggage. And of course, I had two. I maxed it. And uh, because it was just crazy with the airlines, they, my luggage did, didn't arrive on time in Manila. And uh, I was so upset. I was so upset there. I was demanding like, you, you know, I, I thought, it's like, how will I survive this here without my two luggage? And you know, my luggage actually arrived like a week after. But I was asking myself, what are the things that I actually had in my luggage? Except for clothes, I couldn't remember a thing. And I was actually okay for a week. Meaning the things that I brought was not really necessary. I thought it was, or they were but they were not necessary. What are the things that we bring with us that are harmful in our journey of faith? I'm not talking about material things, but the things that we bring with us in our hearts that are so toxic, so toxic that deter us to experience the true joy and the true meaning of our call. Jesus was practically telling his disciples here no you know no bag, no sack, no money. He was doing like an airport security check. Like the, the TSA, Jesus is the TSA officer. Oh, you can't bring this. This is harmful. Do an inventory of the things that we bring that are harmful to the mission so that in the end, we can truly, truly be an effective agent of evangelization.